sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 141. Hope that you all had a great week and are getting ready for the weekend. But as promised, I wanted to bring you another episode this week. My guest on this episode is Alex Fitzpatrick from Sheffield, England. Alex had a solid showing at the 2019 Walker Cup where he went 2-2. Two and two. He had an impressive singles victory against Cole Hammer and also teamed up with Connor Purcell in the opening match on Saturday to defeat U.S. Amateur Champion Andy Ogletree and my last guest, U.S. Amateur runner-up John Augustine. This episode was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic hit the United States and eventually canceled Alex's sophomore season at Wake Forest. In fact, we were speaking about Wake Forest making another run towards the national championship. During Alex's freshman year, he won his match against Stanford's Henry Shimp in the quarterfinals. Now, if the name Fitzpatrick sounds familiar, yes, he is the younger brother of Ryder Cupper, European Tour winner, and former U.S. Amateur Champion Matthew Fitzpatrick. And just like Chase Kepka, Alex does find himself answering a lot of questions about his older brother. Now, did I kick off the interview that way? No. Did I have a little fun with Alex on this topic towards the end of the episode? Yes. It's hard not to root for Alex. I think you're going to see a lot of him on the amateur and collegiate scene in the next couple of years. And while multiple Walker Cup appearances are rare in the world of amateur golf these days, I don't think it'll be a surprise if you see Alex Fitzpatrick representing the GB&I squad in 2021 at Seminole. Let's get the episode started. Alex, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. No, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I'm reaching you here. It's a it's a lazy Friday afternoon uh, for us working stiffs, but you're a college student at Wake Forest, and uh, man, college just reaches up and grabs you in the ass sometimes. And yet, I hear you had to go to classes and take a couple tests today. I'm like, what what's that on a Friday? Why would they do that to you? Uh, it's the uh, we. This is our last week of of sort of midterms. Um, so we gotta we gotta complete all of them before before we travel to Myrtle Beach um, this weekend. So sadly, I had uh, two this morning. Not sure how they went. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see when the grades come up. But uh, yeah, it's just you, you sort of typical college uh, experience, I guess. Yeah, you gotta balance. Uh, you gotta balance the schoolwork. You gotta balance the athletics, and uh, yeah. And, and we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit more about Wake Forest. But I have incredibly intelligent listeners, and they're gonna say. That is not a North Carolina accent that that kid has. So just to just to educate the listeners a little bit, walk me through, um, you know, where you started, where you got into the game and um, kind of a little bit about your junior golf experience, so to speak, about, um, you know, what at least sets you up to be able to play collegiately at Wake Forest. Um, oh, where can I start? So, yeah, for, for over in, in England, um, you sort of when you're young, you don't really I guess you never really think about the the experiences that would come ahead of, of traveling over here to the States. Sure. Um, so it, it, back, I guess then it was sort of playing golf and enjoying yourself and playing the sort of small tournaments in England, just to sort of build your, uh, almost build your CV, I guess. Um, 
at the time they feel like the masters but it, when you look back it's not really the the be all end all um and then sort of i guess once you once you start playing in bigger events and stuff and you you, uh, you have college coaches reaching out and it's all a being honest it was all a bit of a weird experience because my, my obviously my brother was lucky enough to go through it so i had some sort of idea but even for me it was uh it was strange having jeff from tennessee reaching out for, <laughs> to get to go to uh to go to the university so um it's a yeah, it's a weird experience but uh you get there in the end once you figure it all out and you're being kind of modest because obviously a lot of junior experience a lot of you know tournaments you've played over in the uk and then you know as you yeah. said you're getting these phone calls from you know some random guy in some state in another country you never <laughs> heard of so i'm very interested in this because it's not like you have you don't have uh friends or people in your position that have done this that have came, come over from the uk to play collegiately so yeah so let me ask you how do you ultimately decide that you want to attend wake forest of over other schools that are showing interest in you because it's not like you can just maybe hop on a flight or take a three-hour drive and go see the campus how how did you make yeah. that decision picking wake forest was actually uh almost not i wouldn't say lucky but I uh, I went and looked at maybe three or four of the schools uh, on a, on like a two week visit here. Um, so uh, I'm trying to think of where I looked. I looked at um, oh wow VCU yeah was one. Uh, I looked at Northwestern, which is obviously my brother went, and then a couple others. And I, I sort of I liked them, but I wasn't sure if it was really for me at the time. Um, I was sort of late to the process of joining or being in the the. Um, the portal i guess to come over here and then i think it was my brother was speaking i think it might have been darren clark to be honest with you um he came here for about three months as well yeah uh and i think he mentioned it to my brother it's a great university and great coaching and it's a it's a really good opportunity so we thought oh well we'll have sort of one last week and we'll we'll look over here so i came here and saw uh and met coach haas and uh, coach walters and uh, who obviously he he left and now we've got um, Aaron O'Callaghan. But at the time, I, I literally stepped foot on campus and was like, "Oh my god! Like this place is this place is sick." Yeah. Uh, saw the facility facilities and uh, using Pro V ones on the range and all the Man. all the fancy stuff, the little things that sort of pulled me in. And yeah, that was literally how I came to it. It was like a last minute thing, but as soon as I stepped on campus, I was like, "Yeah, this I think this place is perfect for me." And, I don't think I could have picked a, a better place, to be honest with you. Um, it's, uh, apart it's, from the school, apart from the school side of things. Yeah, well, you're gonna get that. <laughs> we don't any, speak about that. Yeah, you're gonna get that. Any, just, just stay eligible, man. Just stay eligible, and everything will work out. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, you're gonna get that anywhere you go, no matter what college. And uh, it's just so crazy, you know. No matter who I speak to, whether it's a mid am, a senior am, a guy that plays professionally, a woman, it doesn't matter. You start talking about the nice facilities and Pro V ones in the range, and everyone's eyes light up. I mean, we're such golf degenerates. You fancy golf balls on a driving range. That's really all we need. Um, yeah, you got perfect grass. We're good. So you have so many phenomenal players that have come through Wake, whether it's you know Webb Simpson and Curtis Strange, and even as recent as Will Zalatoris. And I mean, there's just so many players. Do do you have the, a relationship as as being a current player on the team? Are they coming through and maybe sharing some things with you that kind of help you through the process of getting acclimated to college golf? Yeah. So they they they've actually paid visits over. Uh, over the past couple of years, obviously since I've been here, um, we actually had a little event that they ended up coming back and playing, just like a charity event. Uh, 
So it was nice because we could almost walk walk the course with them and ask them questions. Um, you could pick the brains. Uh, so yeah, I'd, when when they come back, it's sort of quite nice because if you're struggling and, and sort of need some advice, um, these are people obviously that you can look at and obviously aspire to be. Um, and they they definitely uh, help you out more than what they need to. Anyway, they take the time out of their day to to come and help you, which is nice. Yeah. Um, now, I, so. I'm, and I'm sure that you guys have have questions that are just random all over the place i mean without getting too too uh specific are there is it more about how to play certain shots is it about how to balance school and golf is it are you are you even asking them questions about potentially a few years down the road about turning professional can you maybe share maybe just one random occurrence of you maybe talking to a Will Zalatoris or talking to a Curtis Strange about something that, hey, I, I know you've been through this. What's what's your take? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, there was there was one instant um, with uh, Curtis Strange where I was speaking to him he, when he came back to, to sort of play this little event. I was speaking to him about playing this certain shot that I was struggling with and what his thoughts were. And then actually moving on to literally what he said was sort of about schedule and stuff. Um sort of like in the future, what sort of events did he enjoy playing in and sort of what could I look at, I guess, when I eventually turn pro and um, sort of really insightful as to sort of what I can um, do and look at for the future, really. Uh, I thought it was really beneficial for myself anyway. And I don't know, I'm sure the other guys as well got um, as much information as they could, but I thoroughly enjoyed picking the brains of someone who's obviously pretty good at golf so. yeah yeah back-to-back u.s opens that uh that that'll get you uh, at the top of a lot of lists now golf is a really individual sport and i've i you know you're no stranger to the team format you know i first uh, saw yeah. you at the walker cup last year i know you're on a short list to make the the palmer cup you're part of hopefully uh, hopefully i mean you're there i mean you well you got two teammates that are on the short list you got three guys i think are in the top 15 rankings for the international side yeah yeah. So you got uh, you got you got your hands full there, but like, how do you how, how do you enjoy the team aspect of college golf? Because as I said, golf is such an individual game, but college golf is anything but. For, for me, uh, being like playing in a team sport is something that I'm I've sort of accustomed to for a while. Because I used to play a lot of soccer, uh, so I was sort of always had that, um, I guess, team sport in me where I was close to my teammates and uh, enjoyed being around them. So. For me, sort of coming to the, coming to uh, or coming from, sorry, like playing a tournament by yourself and, and staying by yourself to um, suddenly having ten teammates around you was fairly easy. Um, but I think it's obviously very important to to all get along and uh, spend time together, as you're going to be spending pretty much most of your college career with these guys, um, which can be difficult for people. But for for me, I thought it was quite easy. Um, I guess socially. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your personality is what really holds you back. I mean, trying to, you know, <laughs> tr- trying to, to, you know, get on with, with your teammates. Um, Walker cup, obviously uh, last year, you know, there's a winner and a loser and the U S team yeah. won GB and I didn't, you're part of the GB and I team. So these things happen, but uh-huh. there are a lot of college players that listen to this podcast. A lot of even junior players that, you know they're mm-hmm. going to be they're going to be playing college pretty soon they're going to be in a position where they're going to potentially have a chance to you know throw their hat in the ring and maybe make a, a walker cup team 
I know yeah. you could probably talk for hours about the entire week, the entire roll-up, the practice sessions, everything involved. But if you can just summarize for for a a college kid that that is, or a college player that is trying to get to that spot that you are in, what can you what can you tell them about the Walker Cup? Wow, um, there you go. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it it was definitely if not the best experience I think you can have as, as an amateur. Um, there were so many things that came with it. Like, um, I mean, su- I'm going to be honest, support was probably the best thing because playing a home event in Liverpool where 10,000 probably people were there. Yeah. You, you couldn't not have a smile on your face the whole way around. Um, whether you're winning or losing, obviously it's frustrating, but the support we had was just unbelievable. Um, and obviously being on TV and um, playing with a set few that, you know, have been selected, it, it all comes together and, and definitely makes it the best probably experience you'll have as an amateur, I think. Most nervous you've ever been playing or, uh, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm no. I, yeah, see, I'm asking cause I'm, I was, I'm not surprised that you're saying no. Yeah. It, it was weird. The, the first, sorry, the, the most nervous I think I've ever been was, Funnily enough, um, a guy called Peter McAvoy, you've yeah. probably heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I played a thing called the Jet Leglise, which is like uh, GB and I under, it might have been six, no, I think it was 18s. I think it's 18s uh, versus Europe under under 18s. And I, he's a, Peter's a really sort of straightforward, tells you how it is guy. And I remember stood on the first tee in uh, Prince's, and I was a bit unsure whether to hit driver, and he, he basically told me to to uh, fucking hit driver. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was I was stood on the tee thinking like, oh my god, like there's bunkers on the right, there's rubbish up the left, and he basically told me to hit it. And that my I think my hands were shaking completely, and I, I could barely grip the club. But that was by <laughs> far the most nervous I've ever been, just just because his presence was there. No, that that's absolutely well, and and the thing that I, that I really thought was so interesting about uh, about the Walker Cup is if you look at, you know, if you just look at the U.S. team and the GB9 team, and you may say, oh, I don't know who these, G-, you know, if you're over here in the states, you're saying, oh, I, I don't know these GB9 guys, and they they play over yeah. there in the, they're in Ireland, they're they're in England, I, they they just play golf over there, they just play links all year long. But if you really yeah. dig in, you have about half the team that are just like you going to college in the states, so. It had to have been a little bit of a different dynamic when you look across uh, the to the end of the stage. If you look to your left and you see the Americans sitting there, those are guys that you play college golf tournaments with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the way the, I guess the way it was set out with half of us playing college and the other half not. Um, I definitely think, being honest, college golf is probably the best preparation for future golf, in my right. opinion. Um, with with obviously playing with, well for a team at least but sort of the pressure that you have on you to to perform each week um whereas and and playing on good courses where it's extremely tough and fast greens and and crappy the sides of fairways and i I never felt like i really got loads from from playing on like links golf all the time and it it really did make me hate it more than anything okay Um, when you're stood on sort of the seventh tee say at birkdale and you've got 50 mile an hour off your left and wind off your and uh, rain off your right, you sort of uh, you sort of don't really enjoy the, those experiences. Whereas over here, I mean, you can have bad weather. We had extremely bad weather at Golf Club of Georgia, um, but you still overall just enjoy the experience. And I never felt like um, it was as good at home as it was over here. 
uh, in my opinion. It, interesting. Yeah, because at some point when the weather is that bad, you're really not like you're just kind of hitting and hoping and just trying to. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You're not you're not practicing your you can't really work on your swing. You can't really stay, you know, balanced. You're just trying yeah. to not lose a golf ball. When you're hitting five iron from 125 because it's gale force winds into your face. Yeah. You're not really thinking like, oh, I better hit this close. It's like, oh my, get this anywhere near the green and hopefully it might make up and down. It's it's not really, for me, proper golf of how it should be played, um, yeah. is my opinion. But obviously others, others will probably think different, but. Yeah, well, um, you know, it's it's, I it's in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, teach to each their own. So let me ask you this one: You were talking about you know getting you prepared, um, and you know you like the team environment, but what is probably something maybe a consistent part of your own Wake Forest team's practice routine that has helped you since joining that team that maybe you weren't doing before you became a college golfer? One big thing is having the facilities day in and day out to yeah. come and practice. Um, that for me is by far the biggest thing. Uh, whether or not you go to a, a top, I don't know, a hundred school in Division One or or the top five, you're going to have some sort of practice facility that enables you to improve every day. Um, whereas for me, I go to my home golf course and I hit balls for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, and then suddenly you can't hit balls anymore because it's raining or it's too windy or um, there's another member that are taking up the practice range. So you had all these complications, whereas here you like, you get out of class and you come to the range or you come to the range on a Saturday morning and practice. And I definitely think having all these um, opportunities helps you develop so much more than what I did at home personally. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I want to ask you about this facility. You know, we're, we're talking today, it's uh, March 6th, you know, I don't know when this episode is going to release, but it's, it's yeah. basically it's Arnold Palmer invitational week. And of course, uh, yeah. And Arnold Palmer, I mean, Wake Forest legend, I mean, back-to-back individual titles in 49 and 50, he actually won the first ACC individual championship in 54. The golf facility bears the name when you visited yeah. the campus and you're spending, I mean, I, you're spending every day there, What's something that you see with an Arnold Palmer, the name or the photo or something? What's something, take us inside the facility. What is something that you walk past every day that you still don't take for granted and you still are amazed every time you see it that other people that are listening that are not going to be in that facility would be like, oh my gosh, you get to see that every day? We actually have, well, we have two, I mean, multiple things, but the two things that really stand out for me is there's a, a big, maybe 15 foot statue uh, that's right outside the facility that you walk past to get into the entrance. Um, and that's surrounded by flowers and um, lots of other things that you, I mean, you can't miss, but each day you walk past and you, you look at it and you're like, wow, sort of the, the people that have come here, um, obviously are just unbelievable. But then as you walk into the entrance, there's the, the NCAA trophies that we have. Um, but then you've got Arnold's bag and his shoes and clubs um, wow. all there in like a, a glass case um so i i catch people sort of looking random people come into the into into the center just to just to look at the bag and the trophies and and all that sort of stuff um and then sometimes catch some of the some of the lads having a look but uh, it's uh it's yeah it's truly uh truly amazing that we have this i guess arnold and curtis and every other 
sort of great golfer that's come here. Um, we're lucky to have their legacy. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, you have, um, uh, you know, you have a few more tournaments left this spring before things really start getting ramped up with, you know, ACC mm-hmm. conference and then we go to regionals and nationals, all that stuff. So, and you're in a, just a hell, you're in a really tough conference, ACC, seven of seven of the top 25 teams in the country are, are in the ACC. So yeah, we, we could have had it nicer. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you, you, this has got to, I mean, I, you know, a lot of attention goes to uh, Pepperdine out West, obviously, and then Oklahoma course, and Oklahoma yeah. state and they're, they're, they're uh-huh. doing great too, but man, a lot of these ACC teams are just right there. So, and then you picked up Notre Dame too. So you just have all these teams. So walk me through, what are some of the things that you feel personally and also the team, what are some of the things that you're going to be looking to tighten up so that you're peaking right around, um, you know, right around conference championship and, and, and nationals. What are you working on to kind of get ready for that? Uh, that's a difficult one, really. Um, everyone, everyone on our team is sort of different. We have a, we have a couple of guys who won't practice as much because they feel that's more beneficial for them. And then we have other guys who work very hard because that's sort of their sort of style. Um, okay. But I think, I think we have six or seven really solid, solid guys that if, if one person wasn't playing too good, we know we could count on another person to step in and, and play a vital role. Um, for me personally, I, I, uh, I'm working on just a couple of swing changes at the moment. So, Hopefully, uh, hopefully, right around ACCs, I should be um, a bit more consistent and uh, hitting the ball better. So, um, I think I think it's a tough question, but I think overall, there's like little things in everyone's game that we would like to sharpen. Obviously, varies for each, for each individual person. So, yeah, um, I forgot to ask you this one question about the Walker Cup. I'll probably just tie this back in, but you know, one of the great things about the Walker Cup is that. You have so many former Walker Cubbers that like to stay connected with the amateurs that are on the current year's team, and you know whether, yeah. whether they've moved on to bigger stages. You know, I know that um, I know that you guys were able to bring in a former Walker Cupper that you know has had Ryder Cup experience and has played in the European Tour, and and I've got obviously you know who I'm talking about here. What was it like um, talking to Tommy Fleetwood? Oh, oh, they, I mean, you caught me by surprise there a little bit. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> I, I was looking at myself. I was like, "Is he thinking I'm, who I'm gonna? Uh, who's he said who I'm gonna think?" Uh-uh. Uh, it was it was cool. It was cool. He um, I think he walked maybe fourteen or fifteen holes. Um, and then it, it got it got a bit windy, so he left. <laughs> uh, but no, he uh, he he had great into, insight into sort of his experience with obviously the Ryder Cup and then the Walker Cup, and sort of all shared all his memories. Um which was really, really nice. But we, we also had his caddy walk out for a couple of days, which was great. Yeah. He, um, he came out for, I think it's Ian Finnis. I think his name is, okay. um, but yeah, he, he came out for two days, sort of helped us with course management. Um, shared some in, insight on the course cause he grew up pretty much next door. So yeah, that's right. I remember, um, I remember, uh, reading that. Yeah. He, he, is it, he yeah, it's is almost it, like the caddy had more, more help than, than Fleetwood possibly. But I mean, Gonna be honest, probably just because we, we talked to Tommy more about experiences and right. um, sort of what he did and what he, like stuff he shared as a, like the Ryder Cup and everything. But with with Ian, it was just like, what do you think I, I should hit off this tee if the wind is this direction, or do you think I need to hit it this far up the fairway? Or um, they, it was really valuable information that that he shared. Um, but yeah, either way, it was it was 
it was really cool to speak to someone who's who's obviously played in the Ryder Cup and won multiple events, and obviously was close to winning last week as well. Uh, that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah, no, it would have been nice. I, I, he'll he'll pick up a PGA Tour win, I'm sure. Uh, that, the, yeah. yeah, it's it's going to happen pretty soon. Well, I'll get you out of here on one final one. Um, you know, as I said, you're part of the ACC Conference, uh, Wake Forest, and so many other teams that are going to be competing for that conference championship. I know you have a lot of friends in the ACC, even yeah. wa- even one that played for the U.S. Walker Cup team. Give me a good John Pock story. A John Pock story? Oh, chuffing out. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of ones that I could say. Well, I mean, we <laughs> but, don't we don't need but, to hear those. We're looking for most, one that most actually, of them, most of them I can't say. What about when he caddied for you in the 2018 USAM at Pebble Beach? That was yeah. That was um, that was great fun actually. Because what happened was I I obviously didn't have a caddy um, the first two rounds because it was just extremely expensive. Uh, and then once once it got to the match play. So I knew I knew some friends missed the cut and a couple of guys offered if they wanted to caddy and one of them was John, um, and obviously me knowing John so well I was like God I'd, I'd love to have you caddy so I can't remember who I played in the, I think it was the first two rounds he caddied but I just remember I remember looking on the YouTube highlights after um, and this is a this is a really cool thing which I think shows John's personality really well which um, you'll you'll find the the US amateur uh being round of 16 probably and i've hold a put on 15 i think it was the par five and john's fist pump more than me and that that for me was like when i saw it i was like oh wow like he clearly actually did care about me winning yeah which i thought which i thought was really really nice of him um and that just shows his sort of true true character should i say in terms of in terms of him but now he, he he he's one of the nicest kids that you could wish to meet that's a that's a perfect John Pock story. I, I I kind of I kind of agree with you. Uh, after spending time with him over at uh, yeah. at the Walker Cup, definitely can see that. Well, we're gonna get you out of here. Finally, um, you know, earlier in this episode, you you mentioned something about your brother, and I just want to go on record. When is the last time you did an interview where no one mentioned Matthew Fitzpatrick? Uh. It, it would have been this one till this last moment. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I, I know, I know, but I'm just. Um, I don't. Be, being honest, I don't think that there has been one. There you go. Um, I'm the first. Which is which is absolutely fine because yeah, I, I've got used to it. But um, there's so that sometimes it's one of those where people will come up to me and it's like, oh, how's your brother? Before asking how I am, and that's yeah, like that's... for me, that's just not the right thing to do. Yeah, that's yeah, not the right thing to do. Basically, yeah. But obviously, someone someone as nice as you, Ben, didn't didn't ask about him. So you're my favorite at the moment. Oh, there we go. That'll be the headline <laughs> of the episode. Uh, favorite podcast <laughs> of Alex Fitzpatrick. So this is awesome. I'm going to definitely be following Wake Forest uh, the rest of the way towards the national championship. Hopefully, I'll get to hopefully get to see you down the road at one of these events. And uh, best of luck to you and the team. And uh, thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Thanks a lot, Ben. Thank you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Alex Fitzpatrick for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Don't forget to leave reviews in Apple Podcasts. That really does help out. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the central hub of the podcast is thebackoftherange.com. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.